Hello and welcome to My Biggest Lesson, the show that brings you the key learnings from the most influential founders, executives, and investors in the Colorado tech community. My name is Adam Burrows. And I'm Chris Erickson. Together, we are the co-founders of Range Ventures. An early stage venture firm based in Denver. You can find out more about what we're up to at range.vc. Our guest this week is Kelly Schaefer. Kelly is a director and general manager at Google in the Boulder office where she builds new products. She brings incredible experience from the Bay Area to Colorado, both from her experience at Google leading the growth team for their productivity suite, including Gmail, Google Drives, Google Docs, but also with Stripe where she led the enterprise product team and was P&L owner for the payments business there. She also has great entrepreneurial experience having started a couple small companies, running new product development teams at IDEO, and having led a division of a startup nonprofit in South Africa. Kelly, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Would love to hear a little bit about your story. I know you're a relatively recent Colorado transplant, but would love to hear your story of how you uh, have kind of found your way in the tech world and, and how you found your way to Google today. Yeah, I think both finding my way to the tech world and also finding my way to Colorado have been uh, a little bit of a winding path, if I'm being honest. So I have a an entrepreneurial and intrapreneurial background, meaning I like starting new things, but also like starting them at, at large companies. And I originally got the entrepreneurial bug back when I was in college, and I started a non-alcoholic beverage delivery service and inadvertently uh, became a product manager for the first time, although I had no idea what a product manager was when I started managing some remote engineers in India to build that. And since then, have kind of bounced around to different startup-like environments. So everything from a startup nonprofit in South Africa that I, I helped uh, get off the ground to um, working at IDEO, which is a design firm where I helped large companies uh, build new things. And then I really made the transition into tech when I went to Google in 2017. And there I started building um, augmented reality products and got into computer vision. Uh, so that was all very new because I am one of you know, not so many Google uh, product managers who do not have an engineering degree. So a little bit of a winding path there. And then um, spent some time at Stripe uh, building out some new areas for them. And now I'm back at Google uh, building new products here. And my last two roles at Stripe and then now back at Google have both been Colorado-based, which is it makes me happy because I love living here. That's great. And you hear about, I mean, Google's office in Boulder has been a really big part of um, the tech ecosystem here. I mean, it started out with just... I think a handful of folks and is now I've heard the most requested Google office with thousands of, of people. What's, what's that been like? Uh, it's been great. I mean, I've seen the Google office for quite a while because I've been aiming to move to Colorado um, actually since pretty soon after joining Google. And I used to visit and it, at first it seemed like, OK, you know, there's a few big teams here. And every year that I would come back and meet with people, there were just more and more. And I think the uh, if I if I can say so myself, I think the Google Boulder folks are really happy people. Um, and we get we get consistently very strong scores in terms of uh, Google locations, because most of the people who moved there did so like very deliberately and very excitedly because they wanted to be in Boulder specifically or in Denver. And, and how have you thought about, you know, being an entrepreneur within a larger company versus being, you know, working at a, at a startup directly or being an entrepreneur yourself? How have you thought about that over your career? 
Yeah, it's been interesting. I, I frankly like didn't think I would work at big companies because I thought I had the entrepreneurial bug so hard that I, I might not be able to frankly like put up with some of the bureaucracy that you do sometimes encounter. What I've found though is that at least in a place like Google, I feel like the, the platform and the vision is so big that if you are working on something where you feel like, hey, Google could actually help this, you know, reach every person on the planet or some sizable fraction of them, it can be really, really motivating. I think the the times when I've been, frankly, less motivated in the entrepreneurial setting have been working for uh, or consulting for sometimes large companies that that crush their babies. They sometimes do crush their, you know, their pilots or their their fledgling products. And that's been really hard because seeing that and seeing like, hey, this company just doesn't have the environment to let it thrive or they're not going to give the the startup the time and space to thrive is really hard. So now I think I'm, I'm very, very selective about the situation in which uh, I'm, I'm up for doing entrepreneurial things. But when the situation is right, it's amazing. So Kelly, you know, you're relatively new to Colorado, but it sounds like you've been watching the Colorado ecosystem for quite a while uh, with your desire to get here. I uh, would love your perspective on how you've seen it evolve and what you're excited about in the ecosystem generally today. Sure. So um, I'll go to way back in the day because I've been excited about Colorado for a long time. I'm originally from Ohio, but I uh, started going to summer camp out here when I was three years old. And so I've always thought uh, Colorado is amazing. And I went every single year, um, I think probably till I was 25. Maybe I missed like one, one year in there. Um, and to be honest, at first I thought, oh, you know, Colorado's only a vacation town because that's what I, you know, or Boulder's only a vacation town because that's what I did here. Um, and then started realizing, okay, this actually might be one of the hubs. So maybe it will be Austin or maybe it'll be, you know, Raleigh, Raleigh, Durham, or maybe it'll be Denver and Boulder. And then over time basically saw like, oh my gosh, it's actually catching fire here. And, you know, to me, having some of the larger companies around is a really important part of the ecosystem because um, I, I think you all have talked about this on the podcast before. The idea that you need some compost in the system, you need um, folks leaving large companies, you need failed startups, and you need those people who have done it, you know, again and again in a certain ecosystem. And so that's what I've been able to see. And now there's a lot of startups here that I'm really excited about, and also a lot of people at large companies that are either doing entrepreneurial things or that I think, frankly, will believe and go do their own startups at some point. Certainly having VCs in the area has been really interesting and seeing that grow has been interesting. Um, since I've moved here, I've started making a lot of friends in the VC space, and uh, I didn't necessarily think that'd be the case. I thought that might be more of a you know California or New York thing, and now that's really growing as well. Yeah, I mean, the way we think about it, 100%, it's about building those pieces of the ecosystem, right? And having thriving large companies like Google, where you have where you get training, uh, where people get experience, and where frankly, some people, you know, if they do go out and become an entrepreneur, it doesn't work out. There's an opportunity for a soft landing too really, really important in the ecosystem. And so, you know, super thankful to Google and a lot of the other big companies that have come here in force. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes it a great hiring environment as well. Like I love hiring people who have worked at startups before and then also like cheering people on when they go do that next. Well, great. Well, Kelly, let's jump to why we're here today. You know, we'd love to dive into your biggest lesson, learn what it is, how you learned it and how you apply it to your life today. Awesome. So I'm going to give you a, a fairly recent biggest lesson that, that came about in the past year or so. Um, and that's around the power of envisioning in a very, very specific way an outrageously great outcome for yourself. And the context here is that 
uh, an old mentor of mine uh, wanted to recruit me back to Google when I was working at Stripe. And I was uh, you know, intrigued, but also pretty hesitant because I was really happy where I was. And he challenged me to think about what an outrageously great outcome would be for me over the next three to five years. And, you know, he was talking about that in the context of a role at Google, but um, it really influenced me and made me take a step back and think more globally about what I wanted. And it became a really great reflection time for me, both career wise and also in my personal life. And um, what I realized is that, you know, it's, it's very easy to optimize locally, right? Like you have, you have your current living situation and your current role, whether it's at a startup or, or a large company. And even, you know, the way you hang out with your kids, like all these things are kind of, kind of set and you think that they have kind of a, a narrow range in which you could optimize them. And um, that made me uh, step back and literally write a document about what an outrageously great outcome would be for me. And um, what I, what I did uh, after he asked me that question was basically write up in three categories, like what would an outrageously great future for myself look like? And um, one of the categories was around impact. So I wrote up, hey, you know, in three years, what have I built? What have I learned? Um, what like, impact have I had on people? I also had a section, I think I called it intangibles of what was my mindset? Uh, and, you know, how did I uh, think about executing on that? And what, who were the people that I worked with? And then I also thought about, hey, what are like the external rewards from this? Like what would make me feel really proud to have accomplished that thing? And started with that document, but then it actually expanded in a lot of different ways, which I'm happy to happy to tell you more about the personal side of it too. Yep. And so Kelly, that, that sounds like a really good exercise to go through. And I like framing it from the super ambitious perspective, because I think you're right. A lot of us, when we think about how we can improve, it's all around local maximums for the most point. How have some of the things that you've written down in the different categories, impact intangibles or the personal, uh, changed the way you do things on a daily basis? Yeah, so a few ways. So one is, one are kind of enjoyable things that I now do much more regularly than I did before that I think also make me a lot more productive. So for example, I started shifting all of my like meet and greet coffee chats to walk and talk hikes. So, um, you know, living in Colorado, that's an easy, uh, easy ask of folks. And so um, I found like, hey, I have much higher quality conversations and I get a little exercise if I'm doing it that way. So those are like, that's a very micro example. But I, I have to ask you, I'm totally on board with that, that as well. Where are your favorite places? My go-to is Shanahan Ridge because uh, that's very easy for me and is not as crowded as, you know, Chautauqua or NCAR, although I do like those as well. And then um, I, I have got a bunch of other ones like Dakota Ridge I like to go to if I'm meeting someone in North Boulder. And I've also found it's like a really easy way to get some folks from Denver to come up uh, and actually meet you in person if they're going on a beautiful hike at the same time. That's great. Well, we're definitely living in Denver, a little jealous of that and love the opportunities to come up, of course. Got to give a shout out to the best walk and talk place in Denver, which is Wash Park. So we'll have you down sometime. All right. That would be awesome. Not as much of the elevation gain, but some nice views. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And that's good to have on my list too for the Denver folks who don't necessarily want to drive up to me. Okay. So, so that's just like, that's just like a weekly basis type of thing. Kelly, what has that done for you? Like, what do you notice changing your life and making that a part of what you do? How, how does it change everything for you? So the walk and talks for me, let me 
get to know someone a lot faster, if I'm being honest. I feel like people open up a lot more if you are walking in nature, frankly, like not necessarily making eye contact. For example, I had a hike with a really accomplished woman in Boulder who's a lot older than me and has done a lot of um, things in government and also um, in the startup world. And, you know, in a in a 30 minute hike, I'm hearing about, uh, you know, what's going well and not in her current role, uh, you know, about personal life problems, about things that you wouldn't necessarily like reveal to someone. If, if for example, I invited them to the Google office for a meal, I think we'd have like a very constructive, interesting chat, but not necessarily to the same level and feeling at the end of it like, hey, I actually know this person. And also I know, for example, do I want to work with them? I, I always know that after a hike. I don't always know that after a coffee chat. Next thing I think about is being like very ruthlessly efficient. Um, and the reason this is related to having an outrageously great outcome is because I realized like, hey, you know, if you actually want something outrageously wonderful, uh, you have to eliminate a lot of other things. So the, the very tactical thing I do here is I actually stack rank and force trade-offs for all of my priorities, but also for my engineering team's priorities in a way that I frankly hadn't done before. I think um, stack ranking is like nothing new uh, for thinking about what you're going to build and, and in what order. But one thing that I, I like to do is build a lot of room into the system now because I've realized, hey, I don't want every moment of my life optimized. I want to have that like 30% slack in there. And so thinking about like where do we do the cutoff line for myself or for engineering teams where we're building Building in 30% Slack has been uh, really helpful. There's also uh, a guy I used to work with who ran something called Bureaucracy Busters, which I love, where maybe once a quarter or so, he would crowdsource ideas from his team uh, of all the ways, all the things we should eliminate, like what reviews should just be completely canceled, uh, what processes, you know, are, are not going well. And th that type of thing has been really helpful for me, too. Um, the, the other thing that I like doing uh, that keeps this from being, I think, a little Pollyanna-ish, which, you know, it can seem at first, is uh, being really proactive about what barriers you want to address. So as an example, I'm starting a new product for Google right now, and I'm keeping a, a list of all the ways that this could fail and uh, basically saying, like, let me lay out the top you know, seven, 10, 12, there are a lot of ways this could fail, you know, laying out all of those and saying, like, how are we going to tackle each of these? What have other product teams learned from this before? Um, and, and that's been really helpful for me because uh, I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's easy when you're building something new to have this kind of whitewashed view of, oh, and here's how it's all different this time. And we don't need to worry about X, Y, or Z. And I like getting really into the nitty gritty there. And so these are two examples that we've talked through about how they've impacted your work, right? And what you're doing differently at work. I think you mentioned you extended this to your personal life as well. Um, if you don't mind sharing some of the things like, you know, what sort of changes has this had you make in your personal life? Yeah. So um, for context, uh, I've got uh, two and four year old boys and an awesome husband, awesome kids, but uh, we are very, very busy. And, um, you know, a lot of times feel like we work all day and then we work all night, uh, you know, taking care of the kids and it can be pretty exhausting. And, you know, as, as right after I got off the phone with my mentor who had asked me this question, I went and talked to my husband, we were both working from home at the time, and said, like, we have to apply this to our personal life and maybe this is actually more important 
even than applying it to work. And um, what we realized is that, frankly, we weren't having that much fun, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, you know, we, we loved our kids. We were trying to do activities with them, but we didn't have a lot of moments of just like relaxed laughter and things like that. And so we started making like pretty specific goals of like, hey, we want to go on more weekend trips. And, you know, with COVID going on, those have frankly all been driving trips. But being in Colorado, there are an amazing number of, uh, you know, great driving trips within two or three hours. And so we started doing tons of weekend trips and also doing things to make those trips a lot easier. Like, for example, we actually made a packing list so that we weren't scrambling around at the last minute. We um, invited my parents on one of the trips so that we could have a babysitter built in on our trip and we could go out in Fort Collins. Another thing we did was I posted an ad on Nextdoor for a house helper. And we found this amazing uh, woman who is a student at CU. And she comes by a few times a week and uh, helps us with all the kind of mundane tasks that are, are necessary and important and valued, but um, keep us from really, frankly, connecting with our kids. And so now in the morning, instead of scrambling around, you know, making our kids lunch, maybe 75% of the time, she actually already packed it and we're reading a book at the breakfast table. And so um, have tried to like really envision, hey, what would it look like to connect and laugh and be relaxed with our kids? And then um, how could we make that happen? And in some cases, like, how do we pay for that? Like, if you do have the extra money to get someone to help you in the house or you do have the extra money to go on a weekend trip those can be the kind of things that like break you out of the routine kelly it sounds like you learned this from a mentor of yours you know i know that that you lead teams and i'm sure you mentor a bunch of other folks have you had anyone else you work with go through this exercise and shared it and shared it with them and how's that worked yeah, I can actually give a shout out to a, a program that I mentor for. There's a program called Work It, which I think uh, I think one or both of you might might have heard of or be involved with. And it's a Colorado-based uh, product management fellowship program. And I actually did a workshop for them on Outrageously Great and basically like, what are the questions to ask yourself? How do you go through this? And it was really interesting because a lot of those folks are, are getting into product management for the first time or at a point where they want to level up their product management career. And, you know, we're facing things like, hey, I'm I'm a product manager, but I'm also really into opera or so, something that felt kind of random and being able to talk about, hey, how could you construct your life so that you end up being in a product role that is more creative or that involves the arts was, was really interesting. And I think um, often you find that other people can believe in you and your potential and uh, your kind of outrageously great outcome more than you can yourself. And that was really interesting seeing how they how they absorbed that. I also talked with some folks uh, back when I was at Stripe about this, which which was really interesting. And I think, you know, a lot of folks go to companies like Stripe when they want to have a serious like, career acceleration because it's such a high growth company. And um, that was also really helpful for me as a manager to hear like, hey, what's on your mind that would be incredible and how can I give that to you? And I now use that question as I'm recruiting and asking people things like, you know, what would make you thrilled to take this job? And that's very helpful for me because I both see how could I make this person very happy and also in what instances can I actually not make them thrilled with this role and I should connect them with someone else that, that might be able to. Great. That's awesome. That's really, uh, that's really great, Kelly. Really appreciate the lesson. Super valuable. Um, for all of us, and I, I can, I don't know, speak for Chris, but I can relate to a lot of what you've <laughs> discussed as well, having kids on the personal side, um, no doubt. How, um, how can our listeners get in touch with you or follow what you're up to? I guess LinkedIn is probably the best way, uh, just searching me on there. I'm not a, not a big 
Twitter person or uh, social media generally, but I do occasionally post on LinkedIn and happy to you know respond to messages there. Great. Well, thanks so much for having uh, for, for coming on with us and thanks for being such a great part of the local ecosystem. Yeah, thank you. 